This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hey there, conductors of the metaphysical, and welcome to the crossword for the week of October 24th, 2016. This week on the show, we have a very special guest host in the studio with us. You know him, you love him by popular demand from IDW's Ghostbusters International number 10 on shelves now. It's Dapper Dan Schoening joining us in the studio as a guest host, not just for an interview, but for the entirety of the show. We've also got the announcement of our Boo It Forward winner. Stay tuned, it's a good one. Still Playing With Toys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Oh, we have fun. Woo! The Baconator, is that your go-to at Wendy's? No, it's not. Actually, it's my guilty uh, occasional at Wendy's. What's oh, the guilty occasional? Like, what's, what's the regular at Wendy's? Something with more roughage on it. Oh, see, I, yeah, I like that spicy chicken sandwich. That's my go-to. That's a, I, it, yeah, that's if there's a graceful degradation of the, uh, the my Wendy's menu. How does this go? So, chicken sandwiches that have veggies on it, always always easy to convince yourself that you're eating healthy. Even if it's deep fried. Yep. Yeah. Then you move to, um, I guess it would be burgers with uh, some sort of uh, greenery on it. Yep. Yeah. Then to the fried chicken sandwiches. Oh, okay. So, not the fried chicken sandwiches. So, gotcha. Yeah. No, no. So, like the, the McChickens, right? You know, the the super breadedy ones then summers along the line it just sort of slips on down to the the ah what the hell of the baconator <laughs> which is the baconator which is actually the closest thing to the the uh, not wendy's but the jack-in-the-box commercial where they did the um, the focus testing on their new burger and everybody was like you know what we'd like more of more meat and cheese and he's like if we put any more meat and cheese on it we, you know There'd barely be any bun just be eating meat and cheese and they're like yeah all right that's that's basically what the baconator is, is it, you pick it up and it feels like they just the the the, 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 the there's it, yeah the bun is nearly indistinguishable from uh, from holding it in a napkin it's just oh greasy that's, burger yeah. and bacon well hey uh people people have not tuned in to listen about our high cholesterol <laughs> so uh let's we'll get into the show because we actually we have in celebration because this week when we're recording this ghostbusters international number 10 is on shelves and for those of you that have been playing the home game and following along with the podcast feed we haven't done a cyclotron since um uh, gbi issue three we're really really sloughing it's been a really really long time so we're gonna make up for some lost time we're gonna do something completely unprecedented i believe this is the first time we've ever done this we have on the show a third co-host for the entirety of the show and he's with us right here right now ladies and gentlemen i give to you dap for dan Shoning. hey guys how's it going oh good man thanks for joining us thanks for yeah, thanks for playing along for the entire episode this is going to be awesome yeah you're thanks. it's it's like huey lewis and I'm, I'm stuck with you so it's great <laughs> 
Well, we're happy you're here. Yes, we're happy that you're here, and apparently I'm supposed to be ashamed of eating a Baconator. But we'll talk about that later, But Troy. we'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll come back. It'll be full circle. We'll get back. That'll be the end point. It's our work, when we all check our blood pressure, as we do Baconator. at the end of every episode, we'll all get yes. some bare notes, we'll put them together, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, Place your bets, kids. Will the final thought be about my Baconator? <laughs> It's all right. I told you I like the spicy chicken sandwich, and you said that that was like higher up there on the uh, the, the roughage scale. Uh, so that's that's all right. It's fine. I, I, look, fast food is delicious. I'm not knocking you at all. Why couldn't we just leave it there? Let's just leave it there. We'll leave it there. We'll come back to it. The because I want to say something. Unless we're going to talk about all the like the wayback burgers and stuff like that. Oh, but, uh, oh, those are yeah, those are delicious too. But uh, <laughs> so Dan, we I don't want to talk about <laughs> while you're on food. the show. Food. Uh, it's it's good to have you here. We're going to get into news. We're going to talk about uh, GBI. Um, but you know, with mm. with you on the show. I really want to talk because we've been asking all of the listeners, and I know that you are a, a loyal listener, and I thank you so much for that. Um, mm-hmm. what, your your Halloween go-to movies. Like, this is something that we've been asking people to call in and leave voicemails and stuff for, and I thought maybe here at the top of the show, it might be good to get, you know, your, like, those, like, top three, top four companion films for Halloween, like your must-sees of the season. What what do you have on your list? I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot if you haven't prepared, but if, if you've got You're something, on the spot. let us know. You're, You're on, on the spot. spot. Dan- Danny on the spot. I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, you know, I got to go with the the, the kind of comfort foods you could call them of the kind of the Halloween season movies. Um, I wanted to pick some rare ones, but then I thought, no, I'm going to go with ones that I watch every year. So yeah. uh, I got to start it with Halloween, the original one. Okay, with Michael Myers. Good pick. That one's. I don't know. It just kind of embodies. My idea, not that I want that to happen this Halloween or any other ones, but uh, it's just entertaining. And I like do you that feel one. does it does it hold the test of time in the original Halloween? Like when you go back and you rewatch it now, do you feel like it's dated at all, or does it still hold up? Uh, like visually, it's dated, but it works for the film because it's a time mm. piece. I find it's kind of existing in that kind of just space. Um, but uh, no, I to- I think it holds up. It has a bit of nostalgia to it as well. But um, I think for like starting up the, I guess they call it the slasher genre of horror films. I think it did a really good job. So that's good. Yeah. And what uh, what else is on your list? You've got uh, you got a few. Yeah, I got two more. Uh, the other one I got to go to is an American Werewolf in London. Yeah, which classic. Is, that that one I have to watch every year, no matter what. Uh, I just love how John Landis directed it, and. Uh, and the story is great as well. It's got kind of a little bit of everything. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people have you, either of you seen that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love American it. Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Because I, I got the impression for a while that not a lot of people had seen it. So. Well, I but feel like it really awesome. doesn't. Yeah. It kind of falls into that same sweet spot as Ghostbusters a little bit. It, there's a little bit of that comedy element to it as well. It's kind of that yeah, horror totally. comedy feeling uh, film. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like it was one of those movies, especially as a kid, that we would, like, rent the, the VHS tape and we weren't supposed to be watching, but we would stay up really, really late in the basement and, like, oh, my God, we're going to watch American Werewolf. Uh, yeah. It was one of those. It was, like, Predator and American Werewolf and RoboCop for some reason. It was, like, one of those three. Yeah. <laughs> RoboCop was why. scary. With that melty guy. 
gets yeah, hit and splattered the, the, all over the place. That was yeah, great. Yeah, the toxic waste guy and stuff. But yeah, uh, that was his name, I think. Um, but um, so, uh, American Werewolf. Uh, what, what do you what do you like the most? What endears that movie to you every Halloween season that you can keep watching it year after year? I, th- I think visual. I think for one, it, the characters are are fun. Um, especially for something that's quite horrific as like werewolf mauling and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think the, visually, I think it's that the transformation scene that a lot yeah. of people enjoy that. But I just think even by today's standards, it's still masterful. So uh, it's a, you can't it's really a weird, create that with CG. No, it's a weird mix. Yeah, it's like you say, there's something physical about it that when you do it in CG, it just you look at it and you go, yeah, it's CG. Yeah. Whereas because they did it with, you know, rubber and, you know, they, they literally built that, that thing for like bones and muscles to stretch as it transforms. It was mm-hmm. it, but what's strange about what I, what, what I always like about the movie is that it's a weird mix of, of either overtly in your face, like the transformation of the werewolf mm-hmm. or the really subtle, there's almost nothing to be seen. So early on when they're in the moors, you never see the monster and it's, mm-hmm. it's freaky it's like the bit where they realize, Oh my God, it's in front of us now. And you've never seen it. Like you still haven't seen it. Or, um, the guy trying to escape in the subway and it's yeah. a long shot down the sub, the escalator down yeah. to the bottom. And you just see like pause and a bit of a head start to come in and then they cut away. Yeah. It's yeah. I never Whoa. thought of those points. Those are, are really amazing. Um, I gotta go watch it again now. Yeah, Thanks Dan. Sure. And and also the scene when he's transforming the contrasting and how it's filmed and the the usage of sound it's not as hyperbolic as you would imagine mm. the music to be but it's kind of played down so it makes it kind of more eerie I find um, yeah it wasn't hor- horror music they played um, was it Blue Moon yeah something like that it's kind of a nod and a wink it's great though yeah very on the nose but very they it, it kind of set in motion a lot of um uh i don't actually i can't swear that it wasn't done before to be honest now that i think about it but i think this was definitely a very strong modern example that kind of kicked off a lot of follow you know people following his his lead the idea that something that taken out of context almost makes it even worse so if you saw uh what was the one was it the strangers mm-hmm and the one about the the people sieging the 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 suburban home, is that the one? The oh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I don't remember but that it, one either. But there, yeah. there's a bit where they finally bust in. And they, like they attack multiple houses, but I think the start they attack one house, and they're playing Joanna Newsom, <laughs> like, and she's all like fairy voiced and playing the harp and all that and that was the backdrop to these people busting into a house and murder oh god actually you know what i gotcha they did do it earlier um that was a Wes craven film wasn't it i don't i think so yeah oh yeah yeah uh kubrick in a clockwork orange singing in the rain during uh, a horrific uh assault Um, yeah that guy's a fiend and then on top of it a lot of uh a lot of Beethoven over the rest of it. So, yeah. Yeah, playing against type. Yeah. And it's interesting. So, uh, American Werewolf in London, when you compare it to American Werewolf in Paris, it's all of the things that you get, that you guys were just talking about. It's the opposite. It's like all CG transformations and the music's very poppy of the, whatever it was, 97 or 98. I forget when that oh, movie man. came out. I never, I never saw Ooh. that one. I passed after I saw the trailer. 
Yeah, yeah. You go <laughs> into it, you're like, further. oh, I loved American Werewolf in London. This is not right. What's happening? I like the guy from that thing you do, but oh boy, what is <laughs> that, happening? Freddie Prince Jr. was in that movie? It was no, it was Tom. I'm blanking on his name. The guy that was the drummer in that thing you do, and then uh, oh, okay. uh, Julie oh, uh, Del P. Yeah. Del Del P. However you say her last name, I'm terrible at names, okay. guys. We all know yeah, this. Yeah, Julie Julie Del P. Yeah, uh, yeah. she yeah. was she was the lead female, and then I forget who else was in it. But yeah, it it was very very not memorable. Does that that does not hold up? I don't think a lot of people are watching that every Halloween. Let me tell you that. Much. <laughs> All I remember is some comedian yes. was joking about seeing it with their friends, and there's just the scene where she like she's attacking him, and uh, it's kind of a weird pseudo sexual kind of thing, and she rips off her shirt, and the hair has started to come out, and the guy leans over and goes, "Well, she's French." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. My apologies to my apologies to French women everywhere. Um, yeah, that's right. You have to say it in French, though. What uh, one thing that I a lot of people don't think about, but I like about American Werewolf in London is um, the rotting ghosts. The concept of of rotting ghosts. Oh, how he was in a, a state of decomposition throughout the film. Yeah, he, he's yeah. exactly he uh, Griffith uh, Griffith or Griffin Griffin Dunn. I, I think it's Griffin. Yeah, the actor, uh, yeah. He's mauled by the werewolf when he's killed. So when we first see him as a ghost, he's badly mauled. But then he just rots away. And every time you yeah. see him, he's more and more decomposed. It, again, yeah. something that should have been kind of uh, cliche. Oh, yeah, the dead guy's following me around. Just horrible because the thing, you know, he's yeah. he's worse every time you see him. Some of uh, Rick Baker's best work. With True. That's yeah, that's right. I thought it was Rick Baker. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Oh my God, an amazing artist. So, what uh, what else is on your list? Let's. We got time for one more. What uh, what one, else is on your list? One more. List? I gotta go fall back on the classic Dawn of the Dead. We got yeah. this by the ass. That guy. I love that. Scene. <laughs> He's just so psyched to be there and shooting zombies. It's crazy. But I think that really kind of was a great stepping stone from. Night of the Living Dead because it was another social commentary. I think that's what he was aiming for, um, kind of the consumerism culture, right? Which is kind right. of heady stuff for a zombie film, but it works. I at least I could read into it. I guess it's art to use. It's subjective too, right? So when it was a lot of but, like uh, fight, fighting back against the zombies too, wasn't it? It was almost like the answer. It was the aliens to the alien in, in a certain sense, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true too. It totally was like that. And uh, I just recently rewatched that too. Great film, Aliens, the second one. Yeah, Aliens. It's really good. That's actually not a bad Halloween movie. It's it's a little creepy, not necessarily Halloween, but uh, it's more action, like a yeah. Predator or something like that. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, but Dawn, Dawn of the Dead is a good one. That's that's a pretty yeah. healthy uh, 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 three peat of what's what uh, duo. Like a, Trio. Thriller, That's what I was going thriller for. Thriller trilogy. Or thriller yeah. trio. Yeah. Thriller trifecta. 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 Ooh, I like that. That's yeah. Dan's tri- trifecta of terror. <laughs> trifecta so everybody should terror. watch those. I think it'll uh, get you in the spirit. Oh, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, or good. scared at least a little bit. Good, good That's recommends, good. man. Well, well done. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's. Uh, do you mind? Do you want to stick around? Let's do some news. Um, and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a little Ghostbusters International. Are you cool with that? Oh, most definitely. Oh, I'm excited to talk news. Oh my God, let's he's game. News. All right, well, let's do it. We'll get into some news now. Okay. 
Hey guys, Peter, I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. I improved beam accuracy by adding plasma shields to RF discharge chamber. I have cryo cooler to reduce helium boil off. And da -da 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 -da, we got a freaking Faraday cage. All right, so, uh, guys, we're going to talk about something that doesn't apply to any of the three of us on the line right now, unfortunately, but Ghostbusters 5D is blasting <laughs> into Heide Park Resort in Germany. Uh, this looks really cool. This is like, it's another dark ride, mm -hmm. and I'm not exactly sure if it's identical to the one that they're putting in out there in Dubai or if it's uh, sort of... Uh, independent of it but um we just got news that they announced it it's you drive around in the ectomobile and you're blasting ghosts it's an interactive thing um it seems like it might be the same ride system i'm not entirely clear on that but uh yeah i, I feel like north america needs one of these like so canada uh, u.s somewhere we're gonna need a ghostbusters ride at some point are you guys feeling left out at this point I, I'm so I'm so taken aback that we don't have one. I I'm speechless. Yeah, I'm exactly. kind of surprised actually. The nerve yeah, of these Germans beating us to a Ghostbusters ride. <laughs> well, the, yeah, it looks like fun. The thing you have to factor in is Canada doesn't have a a lot of, shall we say, Six Flag, Magic Mountain minimum level amusement parks. I think the answer is Canadians don't like fun. Yeah, obviously. Wow, that. that's not true. You both know that's not true. <laughs> We're just throwing we, you <laughs> We have, uh, like, Vancouver has the P&E, the Pacific yeah. National Exposition, which is, it's tiny. Uh, there's, uh, you know, you head over Ca Callaway Park. Uh, I've been through it. It's still kind of tiny. It's, you know, there's, they're, they're not the same as the, you know, spend all day and still only see a fraction of it of like a Six Flags Magic Mountain sort of thing. The The mm. first place you run into that is uh, Canada's Wonderland in Ontario, mm. just outside of Toronto. It's big enough that they tend to then license in uh, uh, rides and uh, big name uh, characters to run around the park and stuff like that. So mm. if Canada's going to get one... <clears throat> Well, the funny thing, I don't but, feel I don't feel like these these are space dependent though. Like the the Ghostbusters Adventure is just a haunted house. That's the one that's in Singapore. I want to say. Do you remember that one was, was it Chris? Singapore or was it? Huh. Uh, there's one in uh, the Philippines. There's oh, one Philippines. in Dubai, uh, Hong Kong, and then there's one in yeah. There's one in Dubai. Wasn't there also one in? Oh boy getting all confused yeah, but a couple a couple of them are just the haunted houses and then the dubai one yeah. is a dark ride like this one that they're building oh, in germany so of course the one in mexico and all that the other right. thing to factor right. in is it's canada it gets cold up here so <laughs> every all these other places operate year round but as best i can imagine i mean the worst that would happen is rain like warm rain or something yeah. like that whereas in canada you got you know it's going to run for like four months and at most, and then you got to pack it all up. And I don't know, yeah. would a park mm. drop that dime for four months of the year? Oh, maybe. I oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, you forgot to mention to put the sled dogs away. <laughs> yeah. <after> the winter. <laughs> sled you dogs, put a kennel. Yeah, exactly. It's eight months of the year. It's mush. And then for four months, it's wee. <laughs> and it's back to mush. Rosebud. I like those sound effects. Yeah. 
so I, it, it's funny you guys mentioned that because the article, I did the Google Translate on the actual article, the announcement, and and somebody in the comment section had said something to the effect of, oh, thank God, an indoor ride at this park, because I don't, I'm not entirely sure if it's cold longer or it's too hot during the summer there, or, or either way, they were just really thankful that there's an indoor dark ride that they're building <laughs> at the park. Um, but uh, oh, the other thing that was really funny in the Google Translate, I'll, tr- I'll attempt to read this, uh, if you guys will humor me. Um <laughs> Ghostbusters will have an interactive 5D dark ride in which passengers sit in an Ecto-1 cart, the typical mobile from the game and cartoon series, so armed with a laser gun and a pair of 3D glasses to battle against evil ghosts who master Lord Explorus. What? what? <laughs> mysterious Warehouse. I think there was something lost in translation there with Lord Explorus's Mysterious Warehouse. Yeah, I no. wanted to know who he was. Cause... I'm going to interrupt. Was there? That's not a mistake. That's the mascot of the park. Oh. What is it Alex- What's the Lord name? Al- Lord Alexander Explorus. Explorus. Whoa. <laughs> ah, well, there we go. That's, it's not a mistranslate. <laughs> and then, Thank and you then... for the clarification <laughs> and, and they, they top it all off with thus you will already encounter benign green ghost slimer while all kinds of special effects will increase the voltage so so there you go slimer oh, and the voltage. ghosts are going to increase the voltage but uh but here I, I i pose this to you dan because you're having to deal with multiverses and with back to the future time travel and the fourth dimension thinking fourth dimensionally mm-hmm. what the hell is the fifth dimension what what is the fifth dimension in all of this? There's maybe it's sent because I'm thinking I've sent a 4D theater at Universal Studios with the Shrek ride, and that's and they sent were like in water and stuff and shaking the yeah and shaking the uh, chair and stuff. So I'm guessing like the next dimension would be smell. Smell. Yeah. They Electroshock. Smell. Are they gonna? <laughs> I don't know. The Tingler Returns. <laughs> the Tingler, yeah, right. That's an awesome movie. I think um, I think Dan's nailed it because I uh, I believe it was Stingray, our our uh, amusement park uh, expert, the guru. Uh, guru. Uh, yeah. I believe it was I believe it was him mentioned that yes, these these rides go the next step where they spritz you with water and smells and just to kind of immerse you in. But really, do you want to smell anything Slimer? when you're fighting Slimer? I don't know that yeah. I want to. Do, I can't do I imagine Slimer, Slimer would ever me? smell good. No. <laughs> I think he smells good. So. I just got to imagine that, I don't know, at CERN or somewhere, they just sit around grumping about how the mainstream has stolen 5D. <laughs> That's not what fi- the fifth dimension is. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I, I did a little Google translating on the site, too, and I was hoping to read just a sentence to you guys. Oh, yes, please do. I'd love. I wish I could read it like Ron Burgundy because it sounds like something he'd say. But it says, "Are not you afraid of ghosts?" That's so. That's so proper. Are not you afraid of ghosts? I love that translation. I don't think that is actually how it would be read in German, but it's funny translation. Can we get that to Ray Parker Jr. to kind of to try to somehow (laughs) finagle into the music some way? I will tell you both right now, I think that's exactly how Lord Alexander Explorer speaks. Oh, totally. Yeah, he is like Ron Burgundy. Got Are you mustache. not entertained? Are you... <laughs> I'd imagine he's got Lederhosen as well. He's got a, right? He's got a stein yeah, of beer. Sure. That's, yeah, it's got a Lord Explorer. That guy knows I how like to party. Schnitzel. It's good. <laughs> there you go. You can't put Wiener Schnitzel in the comic, but you can uh, certainly... Uh, 
I don't know, some reference to a we got to get Lord this Ale- word in the comments. Lord Explorers. <laughs> he could be the next arc villain. It's <laughs> great. Coming like up after idea. this arc, after Vinter <laughs> is defeated, and uh, yeah, here here we go with Lord Explorers. Um, let's let's move on because I want to get into again. I'm getting into the GBI stuff that I really want to talk to you about, Dan. So let's talk about Honest Trailers. Did you guys watch that uh, the Ghostbusters Answer the Call Honest Trailer that came out a couple days ago? I watched that this morning, so I remember bits of it. What uh, but, what, uh, what were your initial yeah. thoughts toward it, uh, Dan? Well, I I just take everything like that with like humility and just enjoy it for what it is. I I may not agree with all of it, but I still think. It, you know, it it was a a really mature way to handle it too. I think they yeah they did a good job of that. And uh, yeah, no, I, they always do great work over at Screen Junkies. I enjoy watching those shows, and the Honest Trailers are always good for laugh. They're always poking. That's what they're all about, really. Like if you watch any of the Honest Trailers, they're always about like just put, taking little jabs at the films and you know having a laugh so that's all it is they're going for the laugh but they did make a few good points as well i mean a lot of the criticisms that we've heard about the movie uh they point out it's interesting that a lot Mm -hmm. of the jokes that they called out are in the extended version of the film and not the theatrical version of the film uh that a lot of the superfluous stuff that they call out is well it was added in after the fact but uh oh really I just got my Blu-ray in the mail yesterday, actually. So I haven't. Oh, it you open haven't watched yet. the extended version. Oh but I man! To. So I just recently rewatched it with my girlfriend a few nights ago, actually, on the digital download. So oh, and so, she was laughing. She liked it a lot. So that yeah, that would have been the extended cut then, right? From from iTunes, you guys watched. Uh, it wasn't off of iTunes. It was uh, off of like our our local cable provider. You know, Shaw uh, Cable. Oh, okay. You probably have that, Chris. Yes, I do. Yeah, the VOD yeah. is probably still the theatrical version. Would be my, my yeah. Guess. It didn't yeah. have any of the extended scenes. Although there's some scenes that I noticed differently that were on that and not in the theater. So hmm. they're, they're really small things. I wish I had written them down. But well, that's uh, so. Good. So I mean, Dan, the, the the cool thing that the IDW comics always has just nailed to a T is the chemistry between all of the old characters, the new characters, the characters that have come from uh, IDW, have come from Extreme Ghostbusters. The chemistry is just off the charts. And surprising in the Honest trailers to me was that comment that they said, uh, these Ghostbusters have no dick or chemistry. And I was like, whoa, really? I didn't really get that feeling. Did you feel that there was a, a chemistry imbalance or that these these actors in the, the film, like the characters weren't interacting with any chemistry? I, I think the four main girls did a fantastic job. Yeah, that um, was kind of surprising, right? So, yeah, no, I that. But then again, that just boils down to the subjectivity and how they're reading it too. So, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I th- I think they totally do. I I really like uh, Holtzman and Abby's uh, banter together. They they work really well together. It'd be cool to see an adventure with just the two of them doing something. So. Yeah, it would, I mean, Dan, wouldn't it? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. No, I'm just saying. I'm just poking at you. I just want to see more. I'm daydreaming. I know. I want to see more, and I feel like you're the guy to do it, Dan. You're not <laughs> leaving until you agree to do this. That's right. I got. I'm hooked up to a shock machine. Actually, if I don't answer these five D, they actually. I've already lost my gum three times. You, you haven't seen it. Yeah, it is. It's the cross rip in five D. We're electrocuting you. Can, you. you can keep your five bucks. That's what the 5D is. It's five bucks. It's the five bucks for participation. 
Randy. Five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so at any rate, uh, Chris, did you did you watch the Honest trailers? You uh you were very silent there. Did you what what did you think about that video? I didn't actually. I didn't started watch watching it. the the little bit, and I kind of caught exactly what you were. Um, I think you had mentioned before there the uh, earlier there. Sorry, I looked away to look at your notes. I'm trying to catch up on your your notes. I'm sorry, I got That's distracted okay. here. That's but we, right. um, yeah, like they're 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 cutting in stuff that I'm like, yeah, that's got to be the extended because um, I'm looking at it going, yeah, that's obviously from the extended. So mm-hmm. they weren't even making an honest trailer for <laughs> the right film overall. And uh, I think kind of what I, the reason I just didn't get into it is I'm happily moving a, kind of out of the the event horizon of mm. the last two years. Um, and when they open with, uh, should we do this? Well, why not? And we've turned off the comments. I'm like, well, wait, so this is the setup for the same stuff we just slogged out of. I'm not slogging back in. I'm like, damn, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not mad at them for making it. I don't know that I would necessarily agree if I saw it, but I don't feel compelled to go in. That's terrible as somebody well, on a podcast that's supposed to talk Ghostbusters dues. I'm like, it's, it's I've ignored the news. Too. You, no, you put in your dues, though, too. You guys have had to talk about it a lot, so you deserve a bit of a break from it, too, right? So, yeah. yeah. I Chris, think everybody will, anyone. Yeah. I think everybody will get what they want out of it, and yeah. I didn't want anything out of it, so I just sort of... and walked, <laughs> kept on walking. <laughs> Moving on. It's all good. I reposted uh, it. My job is done. Take yeah. it or leave the kids. <laughs> you you uh, you decreed it to the masses, and you were finished. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's that's all right. I mean, it was uh, again. I knew it was coming. I knew eventually, honest trailers was going to do something, and I, I feel like it was pretty fair. Somebody said that they weren't mean enough, and I'm like, well, yeah, because we haven't had enough meanness about this movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, they they have it at a different level. It's just yeah, not the yeah. They <laughs> they called out what they usually call out, which I which I enjoyed. Um, and they are not yeah. a big fan of the Fallout Boy cover, which has I know been a big discrepancy. <laughs> of a lot of people either you love it or you don't um the, again, the fact that they turn off the commentary the comments means they knew that they would be taking crap from both sides right the people right. who didn't like that they were criticizing it would get in there and beak off and the people that thought they didn't beak off enough would get in there <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, get in there and uh, throw in their amens it. yeah yeah oh my god God, I feel like I'm the one gooned on Nyquil. What the hell is going no. on here? Well, let's, let's let's reinvigorate you because I think this is this is a funny thing. Uh, the sure. legend of Murray. Because last week we talked about uh, him stopping by his son's bar to tend bar, doing tequila shots. He did tequila shots with you, Chris, with me, with you, Dan, with everybody, with my wife, yeah, with crazy, everybody. Man. He was doing shots with everyone. Uh, but so he just. We saw this news item pop up this week that he stopped at a, a bar in Charleston that he frequents, which is appropriately named the alley because it's a sports bar within a bowling alley. Uh, but they have one of those rare pro stern pinball machines. And I don't know if he did it uh, unprompted or if they asked him to, but Bill Murray signed the marquee on that stern pinball machine. Now, my question to the two of you is this. How long before that machine, which is in a sports bar at a bowling alley, disappears and is encased in glass because it's a rare pro machine it's signed by bill murray and it's just it's sitting out there it's subjected to the elements it's you know maybe that they're smoking in the bowling alley and it's just degrading with time and it belongs in a museum that's my question to you guys 
<laughs> it's a, it's that's a a good way indie would put it. I like that. It, it belongs <laughs> in a museum. He's such a he's yeah, a rare. You. you don't see him. <laughs> There's no sightings of Bill Murray unless yeah, he's, he's kind of like a folklore. He's he's kind of ascended to that level. Like Hollywood, Hollywood like, Sasquatch. Yeah, totally. The Murray. <laughs> Hollywood Sasquatch. I think that's where the Ghostbusters, uh, Claire and Anthony, need to go there to go and find him. Oh, God, that's a alley. great point. Guys, are you listening to this? You need to go just hang out at the alley. <laughs> yeah, until just play he a few frames up. and he'll show up. Have the bring camera just pin, set up. Bring another up. pinball machine, then he'll sign that one, and then you can catch him. Here's here's my question. <laughs> they dropped the cash on a pro machine to begin with. Did they know? Were they, they have to. It's got a price tag attached to it. I think. Yeah. I think somewhere along the line, you you probably have a sense of what pinball machines cost. And if somebody said, "What what's the pro like six grand or something like that?" It's not that how much. Cheap. I was going to ask how much they go for. So six grand. It, eh? it was high. And you'd go, what? And then somebody'd go, well, it's the Pro model. So they, I think they deliberately bought a Pro, which then begs the question: Why did they want a Pro for a bowling alley? Right? Like, right, right. Maybe they really like Ghostbusters. Maybe. Well, then, if that's the case, then yes, uh, this thing is getting uh, pulled into somebody's uh, <laughs> rec room somewhere. It's never see, to see the light of day again. Yeah, no one's gonna ever see that pinball machine again, except on like some photos on the internet you, you know what i'm gonna try if, if i get a chance i'm gonna try we should call the alley and ask <laughs> have you been getting offers for it oh i'm sure yeah, should, oh absolutely we absolutely call and talk to them maybe they're bidding it or something so what time yeah, is it in cool. what, what time is it in charleston south carolina right now let's just see if we can get them on three the, hours ahead oh okay it's like one o'clock. it's a bowling alley maybe it's a bowling be, alley <laughs> could be, be open, open late who knows we just call the bowling alley no uh but you know who we, we could call uh, hershey pennsylvania and maybe get dan Aykroyd on the phone do you guys see that he's he's making the rounds again with the crystal head vodka that's right, because he's Canadian, meaning he doesn't want to sit in his cottage in Ontario anymore, so he's heading south. That's just how yeah. it goes. Flying south for he's the winter. migrating for the winter. Yeah, totally. He's snowbirding it and writing it off. It's, quite frankly, the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so I look Smart. forward to seeing him in uh, South Beach, Florida, um, <laughs> Long Beach, California, that's uh, right. Baja, California. He'll just he'll he'll spend all that time down where it's hot and warm. Uh, Are those exact locations that he's going to? Or uh, no, but that would be really funny if it was, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, they were believable, so I was just checking in with you <laughs> just to make sure. Well, they are real places. I fly down there, and I'm like, Troy didn't make the places up. I, they exist. Yeah. And I'm sure oh, they have liquor they stores. <laughs> I think it's a pretty safe bet that they have liquor stores that carry Crystal Head vodka. So yeah, that's true. Very strong possibility. Uh, but so, yeah, so Dan's out there. He's making the rounds. I know a lot of franchises are probably gearing up, uh, knowing if he's coming to your town. Um, I haven't seen, despite what I just rattled off, I haven't seen any announcements of where else he will be. Uh, this Hershey, Pennsylvania, that signing event happened this past weekend by the time you listen to this. So, uh, unfortunately, it's in the past. Sorry, I didn't give you a heads up, guys. But, uh, yeah, check it out. Dan's out there signing uh, some crystal heads. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, moving ahead into the the... 
the fall winter uh, here. If you do happen to go to a signing, uh, we have a phone line you can call into and tell us a little bit about it. That's a yeah. great idea. That's a great. I love idea. hearing those stories. So, yeah, if you awesome. guys if you guys go to the Dan signings, make sure that you uh, hit that voicemail and and tell us how it went and you know what what did he sign? What did he say to you guys? Because Dan, I'm sure he's out there now that the movie's out. He's talking about uh, another Ghostbusters sequel and they're going into production in the spring or whatever he used to say. He's probably going to say the hey, same thing again. Small aside, when uh, when's the next Depper Dan signing? Every Dan signing um, tomorrow you, morning you, at eight. No, my office. I'll be <laughs> signing some checks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I've heard some people, uh, some people that have been dying to run into you, um, yeah. who have 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 made the trek to a couple of out of the way conventions that <laughs> you weren't able then to make it to. You're turning into yeah. a um, like if there's a convention bingo card, you're turning into the rare spot. Huh. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. It's a. Uh, it's tricky for me to get out to them. So, but I do try my best to make them. And I really wanted to do uh, Vancouver, but uh, just wasn't meant to be this year. So, wow. hopefully wow. next year. You're a busy November. guy. Make well, a no Troy. Yeah. Make a no Troy that we want him to talk a little bit about the couple he did make it to this year because I know, I know he was very excited to go to them. So. Oh, oh yeah, okay. they were both really good. So make a note, write that yeah, down. We'll get we to that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, but well, you know, let's okay. We have we have a couple items on the rundown before we get to the next segment. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about about Vancouver, Chris, because I saw you live streamed a little bit <laughs> of uh, of parade business, but it, it didn't really look too much like a parade. It looked it looked a little rainy. What what happened in was, Vancouver? What was going on? It was pretty rainy. Um, Vancouver, I found out uh, in the 50, late 50s, early 60s, had a, a Halloween parade, like full on, like flowered covered floats that, you know what I mean? Like the classic kind of parade that you think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of died off. And then uh, a few years ago, a group came in trying to start something called the Halloween Expo. I, I shouldn't say trying to. They've, they've done it three years in a row. But uh, the venues moved three times. So they're still kind of trying to find their feet there. But every year as part of it, they've brought back the Halloween parade. And, uh, that's cool. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. I think all three years now, the Ghostbusters of British Columbia were there and, uh, I missed the first time last year was awesome. The weather was after the parade, it got a little drizzly, but it was, it was enough that people didn't hide from it. Every, you know, it was good crowds on both sides of the street. Like it was packed, mm-hmm. right? Like you could not see there was people, along the sidewalk, the entire length of the relatively short, but still, you know, uh, several block uh, stretch of downtown Vancouver. And then this year, uh, well, it didn't help that the weather forecasters decided to go into hysteria mode where three waves Mm. of the tail end of Typhoon, whatever the heck it's called, they're coming. And the last one will be like, on Saturday, and everybody oh, no. just blew it off. So it turned was, was that into, the town crier? The town, yeah, like basically. The <laughs> I like that. It um, they they were windy, and there was a little bit of power outage, and there was a little bit of down tree here and there. But it was not the typhoon apocalypse that they kept going on about. Saturday will be the the biggest of them all, and so the crowds were kind of sparse. <laughs> oh. The rain was there. It's like. We're sitting there going, it's Vancouver. 
It's it rains when like this is not new to us. Yeah. Uh, but despite that, it was uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I, I we keep going and we expect, you know, it's an investment on a return, and the return will be that it'll get bigger and bigger every year. And, sure. Uh, I think it was. <laughs> we were joking as we walked down that. Uh, who it was a race to see who would be the first to put some sort of clamping mechanism on so you could put an umbrella over your pack. <laughs> so as long as you're wearing your pack, you and your pack are covered. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side was is who would be the first to take the thrower off and hook up a folded umbrella to it. Oh, that's kind of brilliant too. <laughs> so you that could have like cool. a, a thrower umbrella. Take but, that, uh, Mary Poppins. That's right. <laughs> she ain't flying that fast. She doesn't have a Neutrona 1 umbrella. Exactly. Yeah, no, but uh, Peter and uh, George came out with the uh, the Ecto, the, nice. the, the black beauty of an Ecto that they have, and... Uh, uh, yeah, small contingent of the 501. We outnumbered the the 501st. So oh, you're kidding. Good. Oh, that's that's impressive. Wow. Mm-hmm. How often does well, that happen? We may have matched it. And actually, to be honest, if we did a headcount, they may have had one or two more. But all I'm saying is, is it was close. Yeah, in our minds. They're totally all just clones. They could clone more of them. So maybe when they arrived, there was less. <laughs> but they cloned a couple. Well, you were there. <laughs> the The best part is those guys. Uh, their uniforms are so great that the helmets have the the voice activated uh, no way, really? radio that's, mechanism. That's awesome. So when they talk, it just clicks on and it does the voice. Wow! And I didn't find this out until afterwards. That there's one guy going, "Yeah, well, my phone's at about thirteen percent, but if you call him, tell him we'll meet him there for beer." It's like all in the <laughs> you know. Really? These are not the droids you're looking for. Radio <laughs> voice. So. You have to follow his orders, too. It's right. <laughs> Unless you're a Jedi. Then you don't have to. Uh, put the meatloaf in the fridge. I'll be home in about five minutes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, but, That's yeah, awesome. good, good on you guys, because I saw you out there with uh, the packs on, with ponchos over top of them. You know, no, nothing was going to, you know, bring you guys down. And, and you were even live streaming from the street, which was a lot of fun to take a look at and watch. And, yeah, it looked, looked like a lot of fun, man. <laughs> Yeah, I was an idiot. I have uh, one of those uh, Gorilla Grip articulated tripods. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah, that like attaches to anything. One of those yeah. like snake things. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, why did I not bring that? Because I could have wrapped that around my uh, umbrella, uh, whatever you call it, shaft. Oh, that just sounds dirty. <sighs> Wrap it around my umbrella sticky bit. And no, that's not helping. Nope, that's um, still. We're still thirteen. Still thirteen. And Watch your mouth. The camera could because the problem I had was I'm walking down the street, people are waving, and I'm like, I can't wave back. My hands are full. Uh, I'll work it out for next year. Well, here we've you've live streamed in 100 degree heat. You've live streamed now in the rain. <laughs> you're uh, so just. So what you're saying is it's time to head to Ghostbusters Antarctica and live stream from there. Oh, you need the snow. Yeah. I'm in. Yep, exactly. I'm in. It's like Star Wars. You need a different uh, environment or planet every time you live stream. So it's got to be snow <laughs> or tropical. That's that's the only two yeah. two options. Going to Hoth. <laughs> He's going to Hoth. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some merch news while, uh, while we're on the subject. Then we'll get into our next segment here. Um, because I feel like Dan, out of, out of the three of us currently broadcasting right now, I, I bet you've got a pre-order in for those Soldier Story figures, don't you? You have to, right? Oh, I just collect Stay Puffs. Oh, okay. And, and Slimers. I don't actually get the... I have the old real Ghostbusters guys. 
but until from when I bought them originally. So no, Still not have... not until they do a Stay Puffed or a Slimer. That's when you'll be in. Yeah, that's when I usually dig those up. More oh, of the man. Stay Puffed though. I try and collect as many of those that I like. I'm I really want to find the Japanese one that came out in the eighties. Oh yes, I've been oh, for the... them. it's really expensive. So the Scooter one, yeah. It's um. I really like that one a lot. Did, that, did you pick up the Bandai one then? The one that they just released not more than a couple weeks ago? Yeah, for the new film, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I have that one. That one's cool. Oh, I like man. that one a lot. I have Anne Rowan and uh, Mayhem as well. I got all three of those guys. I like the ghosts. They were really cool in that movie. Ah, so jealous. So, so jealous. Well, hopefully Soldier Story will get you one of those Stay Puffs. But in the meantime... Mm-hmm. They've got Spangler and Vankman. They're coming quarter one of next year. Um, they finally just released the details for these, which, guys, it's it's kind of, they're loaded. There's two versions <laughs> of the figures. There's the regular version and then the deluxe version, which comes with an entirely secondary costume that we saw at, I want to say it was the San Diego Comic-Con, but it's that, that business suit that Egon wears in the first uh, film. Yeah. But... Uh, but the regular version comes with, uh, uh, let's see, I've got the whole rundown here. He's got a lifelike head sculpt. We, we know that. We've seen that. Then he has bare hands, bare feet, gloves, uh, utility belt, a belt gizmo with a belt keychain, style A, then another one style B. So I guess he comes with the, the maybe the Ghostbusters 2 belt keychain. Uh, he comes with the radio holster, the leg and hose connector, the pack with lights, and... Then it also it says there's a, a RGB LED light effect, which um, I immediately go to real Ghostbusters. I don't know if that's what that means yeah. or if that means red, red, green, blue. Red, green, blue. That would red, be my green. guess. Uh, we <laughs> so, could dream, though. It would be way cooler like, if it was real Ghostbusters. Yeah, why? Then there's like an Easter egg in the toy. So good, if if only. Um, and Missed then it, opportunity. So then there's a proton stream of the light effect, a voice note, watch. So he comes with the, the Seiko. They couldn't just call it that. The watch. Comes with the PKE meter, the Alice pack for the f- the, the whole nine. Uh, comes with the black T-shirt, folded gloves, elbow pads, jump boots, a no ghost logo stand, and hopefully a car because it's really really expensive. But these things are awesome, guys. Like of of all of the action figures, I think the Soldier Story ones would be the ones. I mean, the Blitzway ones look pretty good too, but these are the ones that I'm pretty hyped for. I don't know if I'll purchase them, but I'm pretty hyped for them. Yeah, the uh, the civil civil suit or like uh, uh, Peter's regular clothes, day clothes look awesome. I love his loafers and the the toys. <laughs> the shoes are like even like super detailed. Yeah, it's all it's all handcrafted, and especially according to this press release, they've they're like hand knitting these jackets for Peter Vankman and his yeah. civil suit. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Egon's suit is so on point. It looks really good. Yeah, uh, a, they're really good looking toys. More more thought going into those toys than I put into myself dressing in the morning, uh, <laughs> which is to, says says a lot there. But uh, so yeah, so those are coming out uh, quarter one of next year, twenty seventeen. Um, I don't know about the other two guys yet. It was just the Vankman and the uh, Spangler uh, figures that we got all the details on. So so stay tuned on those. Um, is there a suggested retail price for those as well? Do they have any numbers out for that? N- Each- Figure. Not that I've seen uh, as of yet, but we have been told that they're going to be um, pretty, pretty pricey, pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, don't okay. the, the hot toys like the Marty McFly was like seven or eight hundred dollars at the least, wasn't he? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think they started around 300 and up. And then just skyrocketed because they were so rare. Yeah. All yeah. these little all these little pieces uh which are special made. Like it's not like they're you know, you can just pull some sort of belt gizmo off of some other kit and throw it in there. You throw in the lights and then hand knit like hand tailored mini outfits for them. Like once once you start talking about it's not just assembled by somebody somewhere, but somebody had to make the teeny tiny little outfit. Yes. It's gotta be several hundred bucks. Like yeah. they're just it's, yeah, it's cool. These it's are serious costly. collector's items. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure we'll be you know in very limited supply too. So, um, so yeah, Dan. Once once we get that, we'll let everybody know. Um, unfortunately, I don't I don't have that info right now. But um, but yeah, keep keep an eye on those because they're going to be pretty cool and pretty rare, pretty collectible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all right. Really cool. Let's see. We've got two more things before we start talking about the comic. Uh, this first one. Um, do you guys, uh, did you see this kid, Jeremy? He's a nine year old, um, who has spina bifida. Um, his dad last year, um, he, there, he went viral because he's in a wheelchair and his dad made him a snow speeder. He was like, uh, he did a whole star Wars outfit where his wheelchair was a snow speeder and he was dressed up like, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker in the Hoth gear. Um, it made the internet rounds, but well, anyway, so he's making the rounds again because his dad for Halloween this year has designed his wheelchair into an Ecto one and it's got lights and sounds and the whole nine. And of course he's wearing a suit and, and it looks pretty awesome. Um, a, an article went out where they talked about the, uh, entire custom costume, including the wheelchair took a month and a half of weekends to build. So they did it on their weekends together, his dad and, and he, uh, very cool. Um, and his dad said there were many challenging parts to the costume, which is part of the fun, but by getting the curve of the body, oh, by far getting the curve of the body was the hardest part because they've got, you know, the hood of the, the caddy and everything. It's, it's, it's spot on. It's so cool. Um, but I guess Jeremy's a huge Ghostbusters fan. Um, I guess he is, he specifically sparked to Ghostbusters when he found out that Garrett in Extreme Ghostbusters was in a wheelchair. Uh, so he's, uh, he's using this to go trick or treating obviously, but he's also going around children's hospitals in San Diego, uh, visiting a lot of the kids, showing them how cool it can be. You know, if they have to use the wheelchair, they can, you know, soup it up and make it look like an ectomobile, um, just all around bringing smiles to kids. It's, it's very cool. Very awesome. I, I will post it up in the show notes because it's, it's one of those where you go, Oh my God, that's such a great idea. It's so clever. And you know, you, I feel, I feel like if I saw him, I would have to give him like the biggest high five. Like he has the coolest <laughs> costume this Halloween. Have you? Did you guys <laughs> see that with the lights and the sounds and everything that's on the Ectomobile? I saw it. It looked fantastic. Yeah, it's a amazing. They, uh, I think the uh, gentleman who made it, Ryan Miller, I think is his name. Yes, Ryan and Jeremy are their names. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did it, um, an amazing job. And what a wonderful thing to bring to to anybody. Really, is just the just an amazing gift using his talents and it looks spot on too i love all the details that he added to the the roof rack and (laughs) lots of attention to detail it's the strobe lights you can tell he he loves him very much and you can tell by the quality of the work that he's produced here yeah absolutely cool well and yeah it's cool I'll, i'll put this out to our listeners uh the one thing that i noticed he was missing was a proton pack and i know he's he's here in san diego so if if any of you guys out there that are listening, if you're uh, if you're in the area, if you happen to have, 
you know, the means even just to put together something, a little something for him. Uh, we're going to try to figure out a way to get him a proton pack if he doesn't have one. So reach, reach out to me and let me know if you guys are interested and we'll figure out something. It's a little late. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it by Halloween, but, uh, we'll, we'll sure try. So reach out to me. We'll see what we can't do. We got to get him a pack because he's got everything else. He's got the car. He's got to have a proton pack. Yeah, it's the least it's the least that can be done for this guy. So uh, reach out to me off offline, drop me an email or, or send me a, a, a tweet on the Twitters and, and we'll start figuring some stuff out. Um, all right. So, uh, Dan, bear with me for two seconds here because we, we put out a contest mm-hmm. last week. Oh, uh, yes. We were giving I'm away. I'm excited to hear you. Yeah. So we, we were giving away two copies of ghostbusters answer the call on blu-ray we got these awesome mm-hmm. uh boo it forward uh packages that we had a lot of really great entries for uh, so we, jealous i didn't get one i'm well, so jealous you should have you should have <laughs> submitted something if if only i mean no jeez. it was it was done air quotes at random we could have been like oh and dan you're the winner and you're on the oh, show oh right jeez, it would be i would be crying because <laughs> i'd be so happy <laughs> but, that'd be cool though no i'm i'm being honest i love the it looked like an amazing prize, so it's it's, it's very cool. We're we're throwing in a few bonus items too. You know, everybody else got the the bucket and the candy and the the movie and the mini poster. Uh, we've we've got a couple cool things that we're throwing in there. You guys are gonna get some surprises. So, uh, without any further delay, here are the winners of the contest. By unanimous me decision, the winners of the contest <laughs> are. Wait, do you want a fanfare? <laughs> I can't do it to a drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay so without any further delay our winners are paul mata and alexis Manwaring. paul mata and alexis Manwaring, thank you so much for you guys' entries and thank you to everybody who entered we got so many great responses uh what we're gonna do is uh you uh have now participated in uh, a nice little uh like a, a bug that we're gonna be playing on the show from this point forward we're gonna have uh uh, you know, instead of transitions that feature uh, Bill Murray, they're going to feature you guys, and you're going to hear your voices uh, here on the shows, uh, scattered throughout the shows, uh, uh, for the duration from this point forward. So, if you uh, if you didn't participate in the contest and you still uh, want to hear your voice uh, show up here on the interdimensional crossrip on one of those awesome transitions that you'll start hearing uh, after this week's episode. Uh, call the voicemail and and still call in with that same you know hi my name is and I am the I am the participant in the biggest interdimensional crossroads since 1909 and we'll still we'll still feature you guys so uh, Paul and Alexis congratulations we'll be reaching out to you this week uh, to get those prize packages out to you and again thanks for everybody else who uh, participated I have some breaking news Troy oh Uh-oh. what do you got this got posted uh, by Variety's Twitter feed today's the 19th right correct correct yeah. At 9.50 p.m., meaning we weren't paying attention, Ghostbusters beats Tarzan for top spot on DVD Blu-ray disc sales charts. No. So it went from second to one. Wow. Tarzan? Was that There's just a Tarzan for... movie? <laughs> <laughs> Tarzan beat it. Uh, on the, they came out at the same time, and Tarzan, uh, yeah, took top spot. And Ghostbusters might not even have been second. It might have been third. I can't remember. That first week, yeah. <laughs> But uh, the sales are growing. It, wow! Um, I think it'll do really good on on home video. I think that's I think, where it'll really yeah. Win. So um, yeah, no, that would be cool. I I always I thought I thought the movie was kind of the more I sat with it, it's kind of like watching an episode of the real Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, it really like a, is like a right? good episode of the show. Yeah, one of the better ones. It kind of reminded me of that. So that's kind of the how I 
foresee it with myself, and yeah, I I have fun watching it. So it's good. I'm looking forward to watching those extra parts. According to M- NPD research, they're the they research everything. Uh, Ghostbusters generated fifty percent of its total unit sales from Blu-ray, Blu-ray discs, compared to forty-six for Tarzan and forty-three for Ice Age mm. Collision Course, which was number three. I mean that's that's pretty impressive considering that it was pretty high up on the digital on the iTunes chart as well. I mean it's, yeah. it's been up in the featured films, you know, top selling on iTunes for however long it's been now, two three weeks. Uh, so that's that's impressive that a lot of people are going out and buying the Blu-ray uh, on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like I said, I, I I mean it's not a it's not a big item. It's just interesting that it kind of came in just as we were recording and yeah, yeah that's uh, some good I breaking guess, news. We'll have to uh, keep an eye on it now. I mean, if it's growing after its first week, who knows? Yeah, well, and that's yeah. also interesting because I just saw the review on the digital bits where Bill Hunt said, uh, you know, for if anybody out there liked this movie, this DVD is for them. Uh, well, uh, here we go. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, people are buying it, so uh, people are people are picking it up. So that's good news. Good, uh, good catch, man. Glad you glad you caught that here at the the zero hour before we start our comics discussion. And I, I have to add, I think it's going to be this year's number one Christmas boutique gift item. <laughs> I think you're right. We'll put a warning label on the box. I think everybody's going to have to get one. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just need a warning sticker on the front that says, warning, may eat fingers. <laughs> the no. old man-eating Blu-ray trick. They put a warning label yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, they won't have anything to worry about if they, they do that. Anything to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? What are you supposed to do, some kind of a cosmonaut? What has that got to do with it? Back up. I'm a scientist. All right, Dan. Well, so let's. We've got you on the show, and it's been way, way too long since we've talked about the IDW comic. And I'm, I, I personally have to apologize to you because it's one of those where, like, we wanted to do the Cyclotron every week when that comic came out, and then of course with the the huge wave of stuff that happened with the movie and the premiere and all this, it just it got to be to it got to be really got to be really tough. Um, we had to rejoice an ecto cooler and, and Twinkies. <laughs> we really did, so, but but that's not to say that we were not reading the comic and enjoying all of the amazing work and the hours that you guys are pouring into this. And uh, you know, with with issue ten that just came out, we're starting to you know all of the threads that we had been talking about in the previous cyclotrons have started coming to fruition, and we're understanding now you know who was pulling the strings behind Venter and what happened to Egon and. Uh, all, all of these sort of bigger mysteries were starting to get a few of the breadcrumbs that we needed. Um, so I thought maybe if you wouldn't mind, we can just kind of pick your brain about uh, issues nine and 10 specifically, but we can also talk about the entirety from, you know, the start of Ghostbusters International to, to now. But, um, you know, the one thing that I'm really sparking to, especially now that you have um, you've introduced real Ghostbusters Egon back into the fray, much like you did with the Ghostbusters Get Real. Uh, how difficult is it for you to switch in these art styles in the same panel when you're trying to incorporate, you know, real Ghostbusters Egon into the world that you guys have established for IDW? 
Um, you know, how do you have to draw them separately and then composite them together? Are you able to kind of switch your brain a little bit while you're, while you're composing the frames? How are you, how are you illustrating these two very kind of different styles in the same frame? Well, I I could actually do it the second way you mentioned where they're both together on the same image, but I tend, when I do the comic, I do it all separately anyway. So so that's do you, kind do, of the you do backgrounds first, and then you do characters on top, or how? How? What's your usual process? Um, that's it's dependent on what the scene is. So if it has, if the background's like extremely important to the characters, then I'll make sure I do the background first, and then vice versa. Is that but, how um, all the Easter eggs make it in? Uh, because you're you're doing those backgrounds and pouring all of the tiny details into it, and we yeah. get to we get to pour over every little nook and cranny of every frame. Yeah, the, with the Easter eggs, I just kind of think of things that, oh, what would I like to see in there and what's kind of Ghostbusters related that's fun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, switching between the art styles, like you're asking, it's I always uh, try and put the utmost care in getting the uh, real Ghostbusters Egon to look like the cartoon show. Um, but if you look at a lot of stills from the cartoon, he looks kind of different in every episode. There isn't really one definitive way to draw him. So I kind of meld them together and then use a few episodes as examples where they hired a really good animation studio to do the art. <laughs> so uh, the, the better animated of the episodes. Yeah. Well, I, in, yeah, like, in my humble opinion, you've nailed it, man. Like he, oh, you see that and that's real Ghostbusters Egon who I'm, I'm also thanks. partial to. So it, it really helps. But uh, yeah, no, well, I, I take that as the, the best compliment because that's what I was aiming for. So thank you. That's yeah, you've, you've got it. So what, what in particular, I mean, because again, a testament to the work that you guys have been doing on the book, these books have been getting progressively more and more complex and you're doing more and more crowd scenes and more intricate mm. ghosts. And you've got, uh, in some panels, six, seven, eight ghostbusters all fighting a couple ghosts at the same time. What has been the most challenging over the last 10 issues that you guys have been working on? Is there a particular page or a particular panel or splash or something that, you were just like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Oh, well, that was totally dependent on how much sleep I had the night before. <laughs> <laughs> how much NyQuil was in the mix, yeah. Yeah, no, um, each each issue had its own challenges in, in certain ways, depending on what it was I had to draw. And um, I think I think probably the, the, the toughest ones are when you have like the whole team of Ghostbusters and like, the Chicago Ghostbusters and the Ghost Smashers all together fighting that. I remember those ones took a while. I think that was an issue 15 in volume one or yeah. 16. One of those two. Um, but yeah, no, they take longer, but they look cool because it's fun to have all the characters on the, on the stage together interacting. Are, are so. the, just my, my ignorance, but are the big two panel splash page or two page uh, splash pages, are those more difficult to do because you have so much real estate that you're working with? Or is it kind of freeing that you're not trying to fit everything into the single page? Uh, well, they can be a bit more difficult, but it all kind of comes down to storytelling. So as long as it reads without words, like if you can understand what's going on, that's how I usually judge a page if it's working for me. So, mm. um, but yeah, those can pre- present uh, interesting challenges to get over. And uh, yeah, as long as it reads, I think uh, they, they can, it is obviously a bit more drawing too. It can be. So a little bit of extra coffee always helps. <laughs> but, uh, 
Well, so yeah. so in issue nine, uh, you you sort of you split the art duties with um, Eric uh, Everson, mm-hmm. right? Evanson, yeah. sorry. Um, and I mean, I I loved how because you were telling two parallel stories that it it kind of you we now join the Ghostbusters in progress. You saw Eric's art and then your art, but they also still blended very seamlessly, and it it, it all worked really well. Mm. But how? You know, why did Eric come into the mix for this particular issue? Um, and you know, did you guys work in tandem to make sure that everything sort of blended and bridged together? Yeah, well, it, it kind of fell into um, the area where I just had so much to do that uh, mm. we needed a little extra help. And Eric is an amazing artist, and he did some really good backups, amazing backups for Mass Hysteria. And he draws Ron and the Rookie so well, too. Yeah. It would be great to see him take on like a Chicago Ghostbusters comic one day. That would be really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he's great, and he's fast. And uh, he did a, it was – Eric Burnham purposely wrote the story so that we could have two different ones, two different tangents going. So uh, that worked really well, too, because we want to make sure that the art – doesn't transition and it's jarring we want it to feel natural as well so because i think that's important when you're splitting up an issue like that so yeah it definitely did and especially the way that like you said eric wrote it so that uh you have you have the caption that tells you that you're now joining on the other side of the globe uh 14 hours later uh thanks to time zones uh, it worked it worked mm-hmm. out perfectly I, I loved it um yeah but uh the other thing that i noticed uh, especially when we get to issue 10 uh, the you know once they actually have the Rouskina book in hand and you're seeing the cover of it and you're seeing the pages inside, uh, t- tell me a little bit about that. Where are you drawing inspiration from? Where are you drawing reference from? Who's translating the Latin for you? Uh, where where is that all coming uh, from? That's Google Translate. Oh, it's usually. all Google Translate. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't know Latin. It's a a dead language apparently. I don't know. <laughs> um. It sounds really cool, though. I always like the sound of it. Um, but yeah, for the I actually found a whole bunch of old books. I just looked up a whole bunch of old to- tomes and looked at the covers. I, I really like the. Uh, I would imagine this book would have like a, be leather bound. It would look really cool. Um, and I can't. I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain as to what the symbols on the cover are from. But I took a lot of inspiration from. Uh, kind of uh, Celtic runes and mm. things like Nordic kind of symbols, stuff like that. So kind of explored all over and tried to make something a bit new with it, make it look kind of cool. And it, so. it is it is a mythological, it's it's like a Viking mythological artifact too, isn't it? Do, or, yeah, uh, yeah. There are stories actually, about it, but there there's yeah. no photos, obviously, because it's mythological. So... Did mm-hmm. you take into account any of that information trying to put put your version of it together? Yeah, no, yeah, I totally thought of that too. And I, I really like the backstory to these characters, these villains. Eric, Eric Burnham picked some really good ones. And I think they were a, a really good match for the Ghostbusters. It was really cool. But um, yeah, no, the uh, I just thought we chose the color red as well, uh, just because that's kind of a... In going into color theory, it's a color that makes people a bit uncomfortable, and it kind of gives off the idea of anger. So we're kind of using that to our advantage as well. But um, 
Yeah, I don't get to spend too much time designing props as much as I would like to, but uh, I, I kind of like how that... I like drawing books. They're fun to draw. It sounds weird, but yeah, they are. <laughs> you you yeah, like, like drawing draw books, books inside books. I just books. draw books all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you're, you're probably moving at lightning speed. You're trying to get everything done as quickly as you possibly can to meet deadlines, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure if you had as much time as you could, it would be amazing even more so, but uh, yeah, oh, yeah that's that still... Still very cool. Um, well, okay, so let's let's talk some spoilers. For people that have not read issue 10, you might want to hit that 15-second jump button here because I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoil something, but I have to talk to Dan about it. Chris, have you read it? I'm just going to sit here. Okay. Tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to go read my email. Just say Chris really loud when you want me to tune back in. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. go. All right. Okay. Oh, he's gone. Dan, we're going to talk about Chris now. Um, okay. What are we going to say? I don't know. I don't have anything. I, I like, I'm concerned about him with the Baconator. Um, yeah. No. When is Chris's birthday? I'm trying to remember that. When is Chris's birthday? January? When is Chris's birthday? I think it's birthday? coming up. Everybody should send him some voicemails. Yeah, there birthday. we go. Get Chris some, that would be some such birthday a cool surprise for him. You're right. Maybe it is coming. Anyway, I'm glad he's off the mic. He's still listening. I bet he's listening. Anyway, all right. So we're going to talk about the spoilers. <laughs> you guys have been hitting the 15 second jump button, and you're not. You're still not there. Uh, so, Venter. Um, it's pretty grotesque what happens to Mister Venter in issue 10. Uh, he kind of gets Silence of the Lambed a little bit. Um, <laughs> how obviously this is this is a book that's for a a massive audience how do you sort of ride that line between oh my god that's horrifying and uh, okay this is not my kids can't read this book like how do you keep the gore in check but also make it very unsettling um i think it's like the we don't use any blood really pretty rarely that we we do that right and Yeah, I don't. I think that that their <clears throat> cartoon looking really helps you disassociate the situation enough to not let it get you too riled up. Um, and, he, and he forgot to put the lotion in the basket, so that's what happens. <laughs> he did. He really did. But it was. He I mean, it, it was <laughs> it was uh, unnerving. It was kind of disturbing, you know. And and to me, it was a total shock when he when he just snaps Vinter's neck and you go, Oh my God. Wow. Uh, this, this ghost is not playing around again. These are ghosts that hurt people. And then he takes it that extra step further when he plunges the knife into him and you see what's happening. And to me, I mean, even though there was no blood, even though there was no gore, you're still going, Oh, I mean, I didn't like Vinter, but that sucks. That poor dude. Yeah, it sucks to be Venture. <laughs> it really does. But he kind of knew what he was getting into, I think, before. Not to that extent, maybe. He probably didn't know his fate, but I'm sure he knew he wasn't going to live a long time. Yeah. I would imagine. Oh, my God. So, he he knew that his mean, days yeah. were numbered. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, to me, that was the big revelation. That I mean, once, once we knew, I think it was like issue eight when Egon disappeared, that we knew that there was a string puller in this, this, this entity. I knew mm-hmm. something was like maybe Vinter wasn't entirely in control of himself, but uh, as soon as that happened, wow, geez, I, now I, I have no idea where stuff is going, and I like it. I like it a lot, sir. Uh, that's a, that's yeah, a good it, twist. 
No one, no one ever thought that was going to happen. It was really cool to listen to earlier cross rips where you guys were talking about the comic because I already knew what was going to happen to <laughs> quite a obviously, large extent. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear everybody's guesses. Yeah, I think, and uh, there are some really good ones. Yeah, I, like, a few of the. Went. I'm trying to remember some of the theories. We thought that maybe Venter himself was a ghost, that he was possessed at some point. Yeah, that and, was a good one. Um, yeah, I can't remember some of the other theories, but, uh, but yeah, certainly none of these were on the table if I remember right. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was quite, quite a shock, a good twist. And now I'm really anxious for, for issue 11. Um, I just finished drawing issue 11 today, or we finished wrapping it up with the colors and everything. Oh, you're kidding. So So it's almost time. So it was, um, I, I like Eric did a really, really good job and, uh, like always and Lewis, brought his A-game for the coloring, too. So there's some really good... It turned out really cool. Well, I, I mean, like in fairness, uh, you guys bring your A-game for every issue. Like, I never feel like, <laughs> these guys just phoned it in. No, not once, not never. You guys never do that. Uh, so just, yeah, just know we that we see that. Yeah, we take a lot of pride in, in what we're doing and, and in Ghostbusters. So that's what's going to happen. That's good. We're going to do that. That's good. I'm glad you guys do. Uh, should we, we'll bring Chris back into the fold. We can, we can, yeah. all right, we'll lift the spoiler alert. If you guys are catching up, so it's I okay. shouldn't say anything about what we just talked about. No, no, no. <laughs> say nothing. Hey, Chris, right. come back. I'm back. Hey, there he is. All right. We got him. Uh, okay. So, hey. so things that are not too spoilerific that we can talk about, uh, from this point forward, uh, multiverse discussion, uh, in issue 10, is that something that you like to play with Dan like knowing that you now have the the real Ghostbusters world sort of cross-pollinating with the the IDW verse um the possibilities of that especially as an artist is that something that you look forward to do you want to push that even further yeah no it's it's always a great opportunity to switch up your style or just try something a little bit different it's like drawing a different comic really so it's kind of nice to have that opportunity to explore those different options, and we really opened it up in the in that get real crossover when we had all those pools of different <laughs> dimensions. So, well, you, you brought know, it up. I wasn't going. I now I have to talk about that. <laughs> anything's possible with those in there. So, it's uh, we try and leave as much open as possible because it's such a fantastic idea to have all these options, right? So. Is there, is there one particular of the multiverse in those pools that we saw the hellhound walking through that you uh, you would like to play with a little bit more? Is there one particular universe that uh, that excites you the most? Hmm. Maybe the Slimer exclamation point and the real Ghostbusters. No, oh, I'm just really? <laughs> oh my! I was gonna say that's a bold choice. <laughs> no, that would be like stepping on a landmine. That one. <laughs> no, it's a. I full respect for people who worked on it. It just wasn't my cup of tea, but um, you're a big know. Professor that's, Dweeb that's fan. Just I'm it's sorry? okay. You're among fans. You can tell us oh, yeah. that you're a big Professor Dweeb fan. You love that yeah, guy. Professor, I do think he looks cool. I like I his do. design oh, yeah. for sure. Professor Dweeb. Um, it would probably be. I like the Sanctum of Slime Ghost Ghostbusters, but I really like the Extreme Ghostbusters because they were able to really deepen, like, kind of delve into scarier episodes. Yeah. Like they, some of their episodes are pretty freaky. 
Like and, the Hellraiser one with those Cenobite things. Those are messed up. <laughs> Hellraiser, uh, what's the uh, the kids' books? Scary the books? Goosebumps. Goosebumps yeah. meets, yeah. Uh, meets Hellraiser. That was yeah. inspired. I love that episode. Well, you, it's a really good you kind of get to you. You got to play a little bit in the extreme Ghostbusters universe, right? There was that one moment yeah, that we, we yeah. It was like three or four pages of it, but it, it, that it was, was a lot of fun to draw them. And like so. in that Phil Barlow style, like you, I mean, again, you totally nailed it. The backgrounds and the character art and everything felt yeah. again like you were just watching f- frames, panels of cells from that uh, that episode. Um, just just so good. So okay, that that would be. Thanks. I would I would love to see an extreme Ghostbusters comic i'd love to see a ghostbusters answer the call comic I, basically what i'm asking is how much more can you work in a day do you think you could stay up like a few <laughs> more hours and get another book in there just you know we're uh, working on that the multiplicity <laughs> michael keaton film oh i love it i gotta uh, rewatch that a few times to remember how to do it yeah you gotta <laughs> you gotta have the one that's the uh that wears the boot on his head and just wants pizza yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man, I forgot about that. Um, oy, oy, oy. So, so I don't. Uh, I guess this does kind of it teeters on spoiler territory. So again, if you're really sensitive toward it, uh, tune out, Chris. I think you're okay for this. But uh, you end issue ten on a note that crosses over with Ghostbusters answer the call a little bit. Was this something that was premeditated? Was this something that was? Um, influenced by the movie coming out did you guys always intend on on that last panel of issue 10 uh teasing a little something yeah well that's all eric's masterwork is he's um yeah he's probably just seeding it for the next issue and i think uh i'm not i'd have to ask him about that if he was trying to hint towards that because that's pretty cool yeah, it's um, it's cool to see that, and it and it comes right after an adventures and babysitting reference too. So it got it was like a double <laughs> whammy to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a classic film. It's yeah. we like to pay homage when we can. So, um, um, so so I'll I'll ask you this. You don't. I mean, again, you can you can tease us a little bit. Don't uh, don't feel compelled that you have to reveal anything. But um, what's what's next for you guys? Because we know. Uh, Ghostbusters International is coming to an end soon, right? Is it after 15? When when does it come to an end? Uh, it's actually issue 11. So oh, issue 11 is the definitive yeah. end. Yeah, aye, it, it wraps aye. up. Oh my god, I thought so, we had a few more issues left. No, it's the next one, and then it's and then we're on to uh, some other things. All right, so there so, are other things in the pipeline, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. no, we have... Uh, there's been, I think there's an image already online of uh, the uh, a- the second annual that's coming out. Yes, and excellent. We have some fantastic artists that are going to be doing some stories in it. Um, for those of you that picked up last year's, thank you. And uh, we had some really great guest artists in the back of that one as well. Um, I actually am really fond of last year's this that Sandman story. That was a lot of fun to draw. Yeah, yeah, some great stories in there. I mean, great stories, great artwork. Uh, mm-hmm. Just those those annuals end up being a whole lot of fun that you guys get to play a, a lot with. Um, are, is there going to be another, like a, a mass hysteria, total containment, like a, a big, large format hardcover? Are you guys working on anything like that? Or do you know? Um, usually they approach me uh, maybe like five months ahead of time 
to ask if I could come up with a cover for the those uh, the hardcovers. So I haven't heard anything yet, but I imagine when we're finished international or maybe even the annual, they'll want to do another one. Yeah, so, probably which after is the great. trades. Yeah, I need I need some more ideas though because you know for the third volume we got to think of something that's not a trap or a containment <laughs> unit that holds but like stories. So we're we're uh, maybe we'll. Well, I mean, you you did design this Nordic book uh, <laughs> that you might be able to spend some more time it getting look like detailing that. on. Just throwing that and out, and that would make a lot of sense too. So, so that works. Uh, um, I'll take my ten percent. Don't worry about it. It's uh, <laughs> we'll send you some <laughs> some uh, free comps or something like that. I'll take it. I'll take it. Take it. Uh, um, I also wanted to mention quick the artists that were on the annual too. Um, yes, absolutely. It, just real quick, uh, Rachel Stott, uh, Corin Howell, and Eric Evanson is returning. So, and of course, Lewis will be coloring all of it. And uh, yeah, I just want—they're amazing. They're—you're already familiar with their work because they've all done some Ghostbusters books before. So, they're uh, fantastic artists, and yeah, it's going to be a really good book. Yeah, Looking I mean that's that's exciting. Those those three artists uh, plus yourself—that's that's a pretty heavy lineup there. Uh, I mean Rachel's Rachel's artwork I love as well. Her characterizations <laughs> are, are amazing and fantastic, and yeah. um, so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. When when does the annual come out? I think it's due out on January eighteenth. Okay, but that day usually fluctuates, so it could be the end of the month too. But, Give or uh, take. Yeah, we're always done on time though the book so. If there's any ever delay, it's most likely the distributor. <laughs> it's all in so, production. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, no, nobody at IDW. They're fantastic. They rock it out quick. No, so. no. Yeah. It's uh, snow, snowstorms on the East Coast, most likely, is, is my guess. But, uh, yeah, that's right. So, um, <laughs> so it, Chris alluded to it uh, a little bit before, but you, you have been able to do a couple of conventions uh, this you know, in the last time that we talked to you, you were still working on the Back to the Future book, and it was before you had gone to a certain convention and met with a certain person. Uh, is, that, is there a story that you want to tell us there? Is, uh, that, is that related to Back to the Future? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, that was at the... Uh, yeah, I got invited to the Philadelphia Wizard World Comic Con, which was great. They uh, were fantastic, too. Uh, it's one of the best shows I've been to, and... Um, yeah, I had an opportunity to meet Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson, which was something I could check off the bucket list because that is Back to the Future. As much as I love Ghostbusters, Back to the Future is my favorite movie, so it was uh, pretty surreal. I didn't get a chance to chat with Michael, uh, but I did talk to Christopher and Leah Thompson, and they were very kind. And so. had had they seen the book? Had they been reading the book? Uh, were they were you like, oh, I'm the, I'm the guy doing the book right now? Um, I think they had, Leah Thompson had seen the art before. I don't think Christopher had, but they were both very appreciative. I gave them each some comics and uh, oh, how cool! And uh, yeah, it was just great to be able to say thanks for inspiring me because they both did work that really kind of put me where I am today, and in, in some respect. So they do have an effect on you. So yeah. Oh man, so that's, that was really cool. Especially after you know you're working hand in hand with Bob Gale on the book, and then you go and you get to meet these guys, yeah. and ju- just like dream come true, it had to have been awesome. Yeah, I was I was nervous to meet Bob because like he, him and Robert Zemeckis created this movie, right? So 
I, I was just able to bombard him with as many things as I could think of while I was sitting next to him uh, about Back <laughs> to the Future. And uh, I, I totally drew blanks half the time because I'm, I didn't uh, write it down ahead of time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, you you didn't have all of your pre pre uh, conceived questions to be like okay so Mayor Red Thompson and Red the drunk are they the same person go tell me now <laughs> yeah you got five seconds no <laughs> no Bob's a, a great guy and uh, he's he's really proud of Back to the Future and he really loves the characters and the idea and I trust him with it more than anything so he knows what he's doing so yeah he's really nice yeah absolutely well uh, so. Again, we're gonna you're you're here on the rest of the show, but I'm gonna thank you again for all of the work. I know that you don't sleep a lot, and we on the show we poke fun at the fact that you don't sleep a lot. And but <laughs> I, I, love I mean, it. It, it comes it's from hilarious. a place of love, and we know that you're listening. Yeah, and so we sure. want to just you know try, <laughs> try in whatever way we can possible to motivate you to keep going. But man, we love the book. We love what you and Eric and Louie and Tom do, and. Uh, you know, uh, thank you again for if 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 this Ghostbusters International is coming to a close with eleven, uh, we're just looking forward to what's coming next. Like, thank you for this, and thank you for more. I hope there's, I hope it never ends. I guess is what I'm saying. Oh well, one day it will because I'll have to sleep. No, so. no, no, no. <laughs> you never have to. Sleep. You know, you can always go back. The beautiful thing about comics is you can go back to them later and reread them again, and you've forgotten a lot of it. So. That's a cop out. That's a cop out. <laughs> Keep working. Keep working. Keep on drawing. Yes. Snap. It's like Mad Max. It's like I'm I'm living in that world. You guys are behind me whipping. <laughs> <laughs> Who owns Barter Town? There's my Mad Max reference. But no, it's a, an amazing opportunity to get to work on the comic and on something that I love and. And uh, it's really cool to hear that people are enjoying what we're doing too. So, very humbling. The the Cryptozoic Ghostbusters two board game. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the size of this thing is ridiculous. The amount of like the the extras and add ons and all of the stuff that's coming to the backers, plus all of the art and all the cards and all the things that need to be done for that. Are you still working on this game right now? Are you done? <laughs> are you still trying to crank through all of the board game stuff? We're we're just at the tail end, and I'm just currently doing the um, the Yeti backers. That's what they were called. The uh, individuals who were top tier um, at, for the Kickstarter, and uh, I get to draw them as Ghostbusters, and then they get a little figure made of themselves, oh and Eric writes something for them. So they get like a triple. It's that trifecta thing again that we were <laughs> the talking about earlier. Again. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's. Uh, I appreciate everybody's patience with it. It's uh, you know, got to juggle that in the comics. So we're um, trying our best to get those. We're really close to being finished that. And then I think um, that's all she wrote for that one. I think it'll be. Um, I don't think that'll stop slow down the production of the actual game. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it should. I'm not sure when it's coming out. I didn't uh, hadn't noticed, but I it looks like a fantastic game. Yeah, I mean, I know the the last one came out about this time, but I I think you know we had talked about that it may not sort of follow suit to the first uh, first release. So I'm not I'm not sure when we're expecting to get that. To be completely honest, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, the, I mean the the custom the custom figures and the custom cards for those backers that that sounds like a cool process. Do you 
do you draw like a, a character model sheet and then it hand you hand it off to a sculptor? How does that work? What's the process of that? Uh, well, with these ones uh, specifically, I just draw one pose, which is the three the front three quarter pose um, of that character. Uh, for the other ones that we did before, I did a full rotation. But for these ones, we just need the the front three quarters. So I, I get photos of the people, and then I kind of caricature them like uh, in that style. And um, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun to see it. It's, there's some really awesome Ghostbusters fans out there, and it's neat to be a part of this type of process having a little figure made of yourself would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So and being, being written into a board game that you then can play yeah, yourself as a sure. playable character. That's, that's gotta be a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's cool. If I had the money, you know, but comic book artists, it's not, uh, not a lavish life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's, exactly. it's not about the money. It's the reward, but no, we, we, I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. You're the artist. You can draw yourself into anything you want. Come on, Dan. Yeah, geez. What am I thinking? <laughs> Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just wanna get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, so let's let's bring things to a close, guys. Um, last week, uh, Chris, you called me out. I, I made you the Andy Rooney of the podcast, uh, giving you your your time for the final thoughts, and you didn't ask for it. Uh, so I'm, I'm going <laughs> to do something a little differently. What if we make Dan do the final thoughts this week? Are you cool with that? Uh, sure. All right, Dan. We're, although this this does. Time. This does, however, sound like you trying to dodge our upcoming discussion about my Baconator. Oh, we'll get back to that. We'll definitely All right. <laughs> we'll come back to that. I wrote that on a post-it note, not to forget about the Baconator. 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 I forgot what I wanted to say about it, but I remember the Baconator. Well, you could, you could do final <laughs> thoughts about the Baconator. I mean... I think we kind of have to. That's kind of full circle now. It's like that <laughs> Lion King movie. It's the circle of life. Yeah, totally. We're back to basics. All right, well, let's talk Baconator then. Um, So, yeah, uh, we could focus a little bit on the Baconator, I guess. Um, You you guys can talk about whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun to watch you guys kind of walk. Well, maybe we can talk about the Baconator. I guess we can talk about the Baconator. I don't care. Just talk about whatever you want. Again, this podcast is not brought to you by Wendy's, unfortunately. Yeah, I wish. Where's the beef? We need that lady back. We're gonna. Back. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna draw her in the comic, and she's a ghost. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> and she still never found the beef. No, she's still looking for it. She'll just Poor be floating down the soul. street saying, "Where's the beef?" Poor lost the, soul. 
that's well, too bad. Maybe, uh, um, yeah, if, if you don't have a final thought, maybe I can prompt you with something. Uh, I, uh, no, I, I, got, a, I okay. got a good idea. He's got I, it. I was right. just going to say um, it is the Halloween season, and I think that this would be the last uh, Crossrip episode before that. Is that correct? That That is correct. Uh, next yeah, week will so be our, our I, Halloween spectacular. I want everybody to uh, send me their Ghostbusters pictures. Tweet them to me um, for their Halloween costumes and, uh, and include... Uh, the podcast and me in it and uh i'll pick a couple and send some comics out to people oh my god that's so nice of you so because we got to spread the halloween cheer it's a better holiday than christmas i think i have more halloween stuff than christmas stuff (laughs) yeah i feel the same way i think think we do too we need we need to up the game so yeah i'm totally you know and uh i don't know let's can you guys think of a hashtag we could use for this Ooh, uh, I'm horrible at hashtags. It's not my thing. All right, all right, let's brainstorm. We got this, guys. Uh, hashtags, hashtags, aviato. Uh, Maybe it's like, uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Why am I drawing a blank here? It shouldn't be this hard. Hashtags should not be this hard. Well, okay, but the, they af- they absolutely have to include at the cross rip. And are you just yeah. at Dapper Dan? What's what's your your Twitter uh, account? Oh, Dan? the Twitter handle where you can reach me is I can't believe I don't remember it. It's uh, Dapper Pomade. Oh, oh that's right, Dapper Pomade. Like that stuff from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'm a Dapper Dan man. He doesn't use pop. God damn it. <laughs> Can I swear on this podcast? It's fine. <laughs> it, it, did you listen to the Ghost Heads commentary? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, We're good. It was, it was really funny. That one's very um, great. So, yeah, so let's do this. Let's let's have you guys send your, your Halloween photos uh, to Dan and ourselves here at the at the Crossrip. Do the at Dapper uh, Palmade um, okay. and at the Crossrip. And then just do a hashtag Ghostbusters Halloween for us. We'll just make it clean and easy and simple. Uh, yeah. and that way you guys can all follow along uh, online so make sure you do that Dan's being very generous and, and offering to send out some comics and that's that's super awesome so thanks thanks for doing that man yeah no it's my pleasure and I love to share the comics and I'm really excited to see what uh, kind of costumes people are going to cook up so yeah, anything Ghostbusters related it's going to be a cool. good good year for Ghostbusters Halloween costumes I, I have that feeling there's a lot yeah. a lot of offerings out there to be had um, I want to I see a lot of the new Ghostbusters costumes. Yes. Those are great. Yes, absolutely. Group costumes are, are a must as well. But, uh, yeah, um, for sure. All right. Well, cool. Dan, uh, thanks again, man. This has been a lot of fun having you on the entirety of the episode as, as, as a third co-host uh, tonight. Uh, I know you, your time is, is at a minimum, so uh, really glad to have you for this entirety of, of the episode. Come, come back when you, when you have some time yeah. and you've slept. Let's, let's do this again. It's a lot of fun. When, I, when I've had at least six hours, I can come back on. That's the rule. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You'll have to <laughs> give us a heads up when that happens. Yeah, for sure. No, I, it was a pleasure. To, uh, thank you guys for having me on. It was really fun. Awesome. I, I had a blast talking about all this. Us, us too, man. Uh, come, come back anytime. You're always welcome. Um, but uh, all right. Well, so uh, for myself, for uh, Mr. Dapper Dan Shoning, for Chris Stewart, thanks so much for joining us this week, everybody. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. 
Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to know this. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. I so wanted to do that Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> Ow, but I can't do it that way. Because that's what always happens after you're done that. It is. It's it, We slam into it right then and there. Yeah, it's just like, bam, you got Ray Parker in your face. Oh, it's I can't do it. I don't know how he hits that. 